You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. Wait a minute. Do you still think politics is boring? Well, not when you can say fun words like cacus. Yes, it's fun words like cacus and more. Yeah. With the intellectual, yeah. intersexual, Shit. and intersectional. <laughs> Nicole Sandler oh on NicoleSandler.com. Oh, my God. Um... So I'm, I'm, I'm having, I know you're shocked, but I'm having technical difficulties. I, I I was all set up and my, my system crashed just a few minutes ago. So I went to reboot it and I lost all of the settings for today's show. So bear with me a second as I just get the opening all queued up and ready to play. Oh, my goodness. You know, best late. And I'll explain to you what I was doing, why I was caught so off guard. Um, It's my own fault, really. But okay. Um, Let's get started, though, with Lauren Mayer. Take it away, Lauren. Yet another public figure went on the offense and for his hate has paid a price. But if you don't want to face that kind of consequence... Here's a little musical advice. If you don't want to be called a racist, don't be a racist. If you don't want to be called a sexist, don't be a sexist. Though alt-right nut jobs might admire you, businesses have the right to fire you. If you don't want to lose work, don't be a jerk. If you don't want to be called a hater, don't be a hater. If a prejudice you're a cultivator, your reputation may crater. And spare as your cancel culture lies, aren't you the big fans of free enterprise? If your career you're not ready to chuck, well then don't be a schmuck. You bozos act like it's unlawful when your words cause such an uproar. Well, you've got the right to say something awful, but we've got the right to show you the door. And don't let it hit you on the way out. So don't whine about being silenced. 
when we can still hear you. But if you spout bigotry or violence, nice people won't want to go near you. When your views have always been this wrong, the only question is what took so long. So if you don't want to be called a racist or a sexist or an anti-science nut or a homophobic bigot whose career should be done... Don't be one. If you're smarter than a Filbert, don't be a Dilbert. Don't be a racist. Don't stop the video. Just one more quick thing, and I promise okay. I'll be okay, fast. Okay. If you enjoy these weekly okay. videos, I hope you'll consider yeah. supporting them so I can keep them going. Okay. You can do that for as little as $2 a month, and yeah. you get fun rewards. Check okay. out my Patreon link and other support options in the description below, and I promise I'll keep helping you laugh at news that might otherwise make you cry. Thanks. Lauren Mayer, everybody. And okay. Hey, uh, welcome, welcome, welcome to a Friday. It is a Friday, and I'm sorry, I'm a bit discombobulated. Uh, <laughs> and it's my own fault, because I, I, was, I was trying to change my prescriptions from, uh, from, you know, where I have to get them, according to my insurance, Walgreens, to anywhere else. Because Walgreens today announced... That it, let me in fact let me let me pull up if I can if I can find it because I'm 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 all messed up here. Um, Walgreens decided that they, um, uh, bah, 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 let's see, uh, will not disperse abortion pills in several states where they remain legal. You hear that? Where they're legal, they still won't. Fill prescriptions. Walgreens? Really? The decision follows pressure and threats of legal action from Republican attorneys general and anti-abortion groups. Well, fuck Walgreens, right? So, um, <laughs> so here's the deal. I have crappy insurance through Florida Blue, through the healthcare exchange, healthcare.gov. Now, you know, I'm not complaining. At least I have insurance the, you know, the, with pre-existing conditions. Oh, my God. But <laughs> I don't want to have to patronize a company who, who discriminates against women and their health needs, especially a pharmacy. So fuck you, Walgreens. And so I decided I'm going to start. I, there are three... There are four prescription drugs I take. One of them is so expensive that I actually am on the um, basically the charity case through the drug manufacturer if your income is below a certain level and their drugs are exorbitantly priced. Hello. They will work with you. And my patches, you've heard me complain about these before. You've probably seen me in tears because of the expense of these patches that are actually Parkinson's medication, but I have restless leg syndrome and it's not a joke. It's real and it sucks. And these patches provide a little bit of relief, not full relief, but at least a little bit of relief. And the patches for one month is like $800, even with my insurance, because it's not a, you know, it's a, 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 a not a formulary, whatever they stupid designation they give it, it would cost me hundreds of dollars a month that I can't afford. So I am on the, I don't know what they call it, the basket case program with the manufacturer. So they send me three months at a time and at no charge. So just know that that's an option for you. Get well soon. I'm not going to get well from that. It's, 
unfortunately, I've been plagued with this for 35 years. So anyway, there's that. The other three drugs I take are uh, thyroid, don't we all, levothyroxine, which is generic. Also for my legs, something called carbidopa levodopa, another restless leg drug. And the third one is the generic for Prozac. Because, yes, new pro patches, you got that, duh, big cat. So those are the, the those are the four drugs I take. Don't have to worry about the new pro, but the other three through my insurance I get from Walgreens. No more. Because we have choices now. Mark Cuban of all people launched Cost Plus Drugs. And I looked up those three prescriptions and their price they 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 price them at their cost plus 15%. And the price for each of those is right around five bucks a month. Well, with my insurance for generic medications, I pay four. So I'll pay the extra buck not to have to go through um, uh, Walgreens. And and then I, I, I went to Amazon and I, I got it a little wrong. Um, Amazon... Um, has something called Rx Pass. And if you have a Prime membership, which we do, because we buy a lot of stuff from Amazon, um, which we do, we, we, um, you can get, the way it works is allegedly, you can get all your medications, as long as they're on their approved list, for $5 total. And I, I, I mistakenly thought that mine were covered, but they're not. So I, I've got to get back with Amazon Pharmacy because I signed up for it, but the drugs I take are not on that list. And I wasn't able to get the pricing, but I already put the transfer request in motion. And this is what I was doing, trying to figure out the pricing on the prescriptions and transferring over. I had already had today's show set up because I have to set it up in a few different ways. And um, then I went to connect. I realized I hadn't connected yet the the stream to the to the interface and it froze. I'm like, oh shit, it's five minutes to five. I was so entrenched in doing this drug research that the thing crashed. So I had to restart my streaming program. And when it restarted, I lost everything I set up for today's show. I forgot to save it. You know, it's, it's always something, right? If it's not one thing, it's another. So anyway, I'm here. I was able to get Lauren Mayer's song up. I, I got to finish all my, you know, the Chiron for the guest, which today is Lisa Graves, disappeared. So I'll, when, when Lisa comes on, I'll, I'll type it in there. It'll work. But uh, it's why I'm, I'm off kilter right now. And it's my fault. Um, but it's okay. I'll, I'll get back. But, but, you know, if you have no choice like me, and you think, oh, shit, my insurance company makes me go through Walgreens. And believe me, I called the insurance company today. I called Walgreens today. I've had a day. Um, I, I, just call me Karen. I was Karening it. Oh, my God. The people at Walgreens, you know they're talking about that fucking bitch. Yeah, I don't want to go back. and See, the other thing, the other reason I got mad at Walgreens is... The COVID booster. And I'm also mad at, 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 at the CDC. And yeah, I called them today too. I'm telling you, I had a busy day. 
and I was wearing my Karen hat. Um, the CDC, about a month ago, David saw a newspaper article that said, if you've not had a COVID booster in six months, you need to get one now. And it had been about six months since we got them. He was able to get his at Costco. They gave it to him, even though we both we're all we're we're totally current on the boosters, right? So because we don't want to get COVID, and I guess we're in the minority. We've not gotten COVID in this house. Knocking on wood, laminate. Because we've been careful. We take precautions. We wear masks. We get boosted. We know what the risk is, and I'm a lung cancer survivor down a lung, and I don't want COVID. So we've been working diligently to not get it. So David got his new booster about a month ago. I make an appointment at Walgreens because my insurance requires that I only go to Walgreens. And I go in there and they say, when did you get the last one? And I said, I don't know, whenever the the new one came out, right when it came out. So it's been about six months. So it's time to get it. And they said, oh, well, that's the bivalent booster, meaning that it covers both the Omicron variant and the original variant. (laughs) Susan says, I would have loved to have seen you going off on Walgreens, Nicole. You know what? Uh, You know me. I, I run tape on everything. I don't don't know if I want to play this for you. I don't know if this is Walgreens or if this is the CDC. I I should monitor it before I play it for you because I I was Karen. Just call me Nicole Karen Sandler. It's Nicole Sharon, but today you can call me Nicole Karen. (laughs) Anyway, so Walgreens says, well, no, you had the bivalent already. We're not giving a second bivalent booster. And I said, I've got this newspaper article. It says the CDC recommends if it's been six months since your last booster, you need to get another one. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what the CDC is recommending. No, we will not give a second bivalent booster. Like, great. Okay. Leave there. Make an appointment at a different Walgreens. Same thing happens. And I just dropped it. It's like my blood pressure is going up. I don't need this shit. But today I figured since I'm calling Florida blue, and bitching about Walgreens, I'll also bitch about this. So first I made my complaint that my insurance policy requires I only get my prescription drugs filled at Walgreens, and the fact that they are discriminating against women and refusing to fill prescriptions for medication for women when in places where it's legal, I'm done. I do not want to go to Walgreens anymore. So that was my complaint to Florida Blah. Um, Not that it made any difference. The woman was very nice. She goes, oh, I understand. I fully understand. And, And she said, well, I'll pass your comment along and I'll have someone get back to you. I said, yeah, you do that. I said, now let's talk about the, the, the booster. Not only as since we saw that, that newspaper article, I've been seeing commercials on television. Stephanie, you're not listening to me. Stephanie says, check out Walmart, Nicole. Number one, no, I don't go to Walmart. You shouldn't either. 
I don't shop at Walmart. You shouldn't shop at Walmart because we are subsidizing them. We are subsidizing their low prices because they pay their employees sub-livable wages so they're all on public assistance that we subsidize. So don't shop at Walgreens. I mean, at, at Walmart. Stephanie, no, I don't go to Walmart. But besides, even if I wanted to, I can't. As I've been saying, my shitty policy through Florida Blue, only allows me to go to Walgreens, the only pharmacy I can use. That's why I call to complain, because I want a choice. Anyway, so, I know I lost my train of thought. I'm having a day. Um, all right, so so I'm, I'm complaining about the, the uh, you know, the thing. And then I tell that there's a TV commercial that's running. It's actually more a public service announcement, I'm guessing, because it's from the CDC. And it says in plain English, if it's been more than six months since your last booster, you need to go get another booster. Um, Carl says, what if Walmart is the only grocery store in town? Not grocery. It's a pharmacy. And you can do it mail order. The only pharmacy I'm allowed to use is Walgreens. So I lodged a complaint. And then I'm talking about the, the, the booster thing. And there's a commercial. So getting nowhere with, with, with Walgreens. In fact, the, the, the pharmaceutical department of my insurance company is on the phone with me. And they get the Walgreens on the phone and and Walgreens says we have not been authorized to give a second bivalent booster. And the 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 insurance company person said, "Oh, so this is just a Walgreens policy?" And the the pharmacist said, "No. The CDC has not approved a second bivalent booster." So I hung up. You know, the, the woman was rude. I was rude. So she was rude. We were all rude, but this is ridiculous. I, and I hate Walgreens to begin with. So we hang up. I call the CDC. The woman who answered was admittedly not a brain surgeon, not a medical pro- professional. So, um, I, but I, I'm explaining to the woman what's going on. I said there was a newspaper article. There are TV commercials running saying this. Well, she and then she starts reading. She's, well, here's what I found. And it says that the bivalent booster, now again, the original vaccine and the original set of boosters were for the original strain, the Wuhan strain of COVID. The latest booster is the bivalent booster and bi meaning two. So it vaccinates against both the Wuhan strain and the Omicron strain. And what this woman from the CDC told me is that it offers what they found is that this bivalent booster is actually offering greater protection than either uh, mono vocal um, booster, either for Omicron or the Wuhan variant, that the, the both together is offering greater protection for longer but they don't know exactly for how long you're protected and despite the fact that they are suggesting that people who are have been more than six months since their last booster get another one they are not now recommending 
a second bivalent booster. So confusing much? Oh, my God. Hey, government, get your shit together. I know that's a mighty tall order, but as I explained to them, and then I'm reading on the CDC website, some 60% of the American public has already been infected with COVID once. Some 75% of kids, and I'm probably getting the numbers a little wrong, but it's in that ballpark. Well, we never got COVID in this house. Again, knocking on wood laminate. David, myself, or Allison, who doesn't live here anymore, haven't gotten COVID, and I don't want to. I'm down along. So bottom line, I got no satisfaction there. I guess I just still don't go out. But I am working on getting all my prescriptions transferred out of Walgreens because they discriminate against women and transferred either to Cost Plus Pharmacy, which you could get to. I want to give you their website because it's um, Cost uh, Cost Plus. I think it's Cost Plus Drugs. There it is. CostPlusDrugs.com. And that is Mark Cuban's drug thing here the generic for prozac and i take a 40 milligram capsule for 30 40 milligram capsules five dollars and 70 cents a month i think with my insurance going through walgreens it costs me four because it's a generic i'll pay the extra dollar 70 to tell walgreens to take that prescription and shove it up their ass Nicole Karen Sandler. Hi. Hi. How are you doing today? <laughs> All right. Well, Lisa Graves is going to be here in a few minutes. Um, I just looked up to see if she was there yet because I've been on a, I've been on a, a roll. And Klaatu says, how about Costco drugstore? My insurance won't let me go to any pharmacy other than Walgreens. This is why I get so, I get, I get, I get impatient because you guys only have listen. If I could go to a different pharmacy, I would. I can't because of my shitty insurance. But at least it's insurance. I see see Lisa here. And and Lisa, you're going to just love, well, not really. I say that facetiously, the rant I've been on. Um, Let me fix your, um, uh, your, um, your Chiron because I had a, I crashed everything right at the start of the show. And <laughs> lost everything um, in, in today's setup and uh, because I was too busy trying to um, uh, deal with my prescriptions. Because I read the news today, Lisa, that Walgreens has decided that they will no longer fill prescriptions for the abortion drug, even, wow. in, states, even in states where it's still legal. So they are discriminating against women's health care. Now, my crappy insurance only allows me to use Walgreens. Mm. So I've been looking for alternatives after, I, of course, I played Karen on the phone with Walgreens and my insurance company and called the CDC. But that's another story. Um, so I've been researching both Mark Cuban's CostPlusDrugs.com and Amazon Pharmacy. I'm mm. still unsure about the prices on Amazon. But on, on Cost Plus Drugs, each of the, the three drugs in question here are all generics, and they, are, they all average about five bucks a month for, for, a month, for a month's supply 
through Mark Cuban's thing, which is about a dollar more than my cost with my insurance. That's without insurance. So I was busy doing that. And I looked up and I saw it was five to five. It's like, oh, shit, I got to get ready for the show. And everything had already been set up. But when I tried to connect, it all froze. (laughs) Oh, story of my life. Anyway, Lisa Graves is here. And I'm so glad you're here today. Um, Lisa Graves is right now she is she leads an organization called true north research they're online you need to check them out at truenorthresearch.org they do amazing work and I, and actually i wanted to talk to you about some other things and we will but i want to start with something that you're working on over there because you guys are based in wisconsin and for the last yeah. while you've been entrenched in the election for wisconsin supreme court And I understand that this will have national ramifications. The makeup of Wisconsin Supreme Court, I I read, could be the most important election between now and the 2024 presidential elections. Do you agree with that? Well, it is. It's a it's a four three court. So it's a seven seven member court. And the person who has stepped down um, is a right wing judge. And so it's an open seat. And one of the reasons why it's being so hotly contested is that Wisconsin, uh, back in 1849, the year after it uh, got statehood, um, the men in that legislature passed a ban on abortion um, in 1849. That was before women could vote. Only men could vote and some members of tribes here, men in tribes here, could vote. And that law was, um, you know, has not been in effect for decades now. But because of the packing of the U.S. Supreme Court and the reversal of Roe, Wisconsin is um, on the precipice of having a Supreme Court that could force um, that ancient law uh, to be applied to uh, modern uh, women in Wisconsin, really without our consent. And this is a state where, because of the partisan gerrymandering here, um, even though uh, the state has twice in a row elected a Democratic governor and a Democratic attorney general, the legislature is um, so badly gerrymandered that we basically have minority rule um, over the majority of people in Wisconsin because the legislature has been captured through these terrible, distorted, grotesque maps that have kept them in the legislature where they, you know, there's no power to overcome this 1849 rule, except for for a judge to um, follow precedents and um, and and count it as unconstitutional under the state law. Right. Right. So so this does have national ramifications because other states follow suit. Right. And and. Um, but for I guess for a number of reasons. <laughs> well, you know, it's a case that um, in in Kansas, for example, the Supreme Court there found that um, that uh, an effort to ban abortion was inconsistent with the Kansas Constitution. Of course, that provoked um, an attack by right wingers in the state to try to disempower that Kansas Supreme Court, but the Kansas Supreme Court was following longstanding law. And so you, you have a situation in which these right-wing groups that are flooding the flooding the state here with dark money um, have an agenda. Their agenda is to pick someone who will um, ban abortion in this state um, and, and more. And some of the groups involved are super extreme. Um, they're extreme right-wing groups that, you know, <clears throat> have, have proposed laws 
that don't allow any exception for the life of the mother of the patient and no exception for rape or for children who are raped oh, you know, through incest. And it's just disgusting to think that, you know, these um, provisions could be applied as binding law on the rest of us. The, the reality is if someone has a particular personal point of view that they don't want to have an abortion or they um, are not someone who, uh, is uh, interested in marriage equality, they're heterosexual, you know, those are choices they make. But what we're seeing now is this binge, this drive by people to use America, American courts to impose their personal religious beliefs on the rest of us as binding law on the rest of us, even if we do not follow their faith. Yes, they do. And they've been doing that. And I got if you haven't already seen it, look for Representative Steve Cohen of Tennessee, his rant in the House just from earlier this week about somebody talking about our God-given rights. And he's like, they're not God-given. Stop saying that. You know, it went on a whole thing yesterday, but it's a brilliant rant. But anyway, Lisa, on the if you go now to truenorthresearch.org, you see right there on the front page, who is... Fair Courts America. And what does Illinois billionaire Dick Uline got to do with it? <laughs> and and the headline is snapshot of Dick Uline and the Fair Courts America attack ad machine. This is a, a, just another billionaire who yeah. is targeting, in this case, the Wisconsin Supreme Court. So it's not only an issue of what's at stake here, but it's yeah. another big dark money machine coming to the fore, trying to influence it all. Yeah. Well, that's right. You know, this is a, an out-of-state billionaire, a guy from Illinois who's the heir to uh, a brewery fortune and then was staked by his father to create a business uh, products, um, business packaging firm that's called Uline, U-L-I-N-E. And Dick Uline has uh, become very involved in federal and state politics over the last decade as his personal fortune has boomed. And he has been using that money to try to distort our elections for Congress, for the president, uh, for these um, Supreme Courts, state Supreme Courts and more. And he's someone who is really quite extreme. He's funded the Heartland uh, Heartland Institute, which is this extreme climate change denial group that um, has even tried to equate people who recognize that climate change is happening with Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. This is a guy who also spent money before and after January 6th on groups um, attacking the re- the results of the presidential election in 2020 and you know spreading lies about it. He's also someone who um, has attacked you know common sense measures to try to protect against the spread of you know the deadly COVID virus. He's someone who. Um, you know, is uh, extremely anti-choice. And um, he's also someone who, in this particular instance, is basically co-opting language in a way that I think is deeply misleading. So his group, the group that he's funding through another super PAC that he funds is is dubbed Fair Courts America. Um, but in reality, it's trying to install people who are far right on the federal bench. It, 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 that site touts and praises Ted Cruz as a model of, you know, thinking about the law, which is, you know, quite frankly, a joke. Um, to me personally, and knowing him and and having watched him over the years in terms of his own uh, views of the law, which are so extreme. And, um, and, you know, he's really just 
blowing a huge amount of cash into Wisconsin and other states in order to try to, you know, capture the courts. One man uh, trying to basically dictate through his cash and um, front groups, in essence, what he wants on other people's courts. And today we just published a piece, which I think you'll find interesting, Nicole, which is that we looked into a group, um, uh, a group that's a, an anti-choice uh, group of, of women. And um, that group, uh, its name is Women Speak Out. It's part of um, it's part of this SBA list, Susan B. Anthony list. And Women Speak Out, its biggest funder isn't a woman at all. It's <laughs> one man. And you can guess his name. It's Dick Uline. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, that's a new name to a lot of people. I actually learned about the U-Lines when I was looking for a certain hook. Because when, when I do these art shows, I need a hook to put put the pictures up on behind me. And Uline had the best, you know, prices. It's like, no, but they still send me their catalog, like oh, quarterly. It's a huge catalog. And and you can good. Avoid it. You can barely avoid it. It's uh, everywhere. Their products are everywhere. Everywhere. So, but if you can avoid <laughs> using them, do, you know, purchase from someone else. But yeah, so, but, you know, Lisa Graves, you and your work, both at True North Research and at other organizations before that, you've you've introduced us to people like him, to Leonard Leo, to the Koch brothers, to Alec. You know, Alec exposed uh, Coke uncovered, un- whatever, whatever it was called. You, you, Coke you know, rocks and Coke exposed. Thank yeah. you. Um, you've been bringing us the information about these people who have been funding these dark money efforts for years. So. You know, thank you for that work you're doing. And I, I wanted to make sure we talked about it because it's, you know, we and this is all a, out, it comes out of Citizens United, right? If not for Citizens United, they couldn't spend this money, could they? No, they they couldn't. That was a game changer. And um, one of the things that we wrote about today is the fact that one of the groups that is backing um, Kelly, the non the, it's a nonpartisan race, but he's the right winger in the race. Um, Dan Kelly, one of the groups backing him is called Wisconsin Right to Life, um, WRL, RTL. And that group um, for years has been um, basically led um, strategically by a guy named James Bopp. James Bopp is a, a far right wing lawyer. He's a Hoosier um, who has attacked clean election laws and campaign violence laws using the Right to Life organization as the as the vehicle, as the weapon to attack um, campaign laws, clean election laws. And he's the lawyer, um, This the group that's backing Kelly, their lawyer is the guy who orchestrated Citizens United. He didn't argue the case before the U.S. Supreme Court, but he's the one that um, put that litigation in, in play um, to get the court to strike down the Bipartisan Campaign Reform Act, which was known as McCain-Feingold, right. which was really a common sense law that said, look, if you're going to run ads near an election, um, whether they're social media ads or whether they're television ads or radio ads, we're going to presume that you're trying to influence that election. You know, that's common sense. And so if you are trying to influence the election, you're going to have to disclose who the biggest donors are of those ads, because in our regular electoral system, in nationally and in all states before Citizens United, 
there were limits on how much a, a politician or his or her campaign could raise from a single individual in a single year. And those people's names had to be disclosed to the public. But what Citizens United has allowed is this total end run, this massive, enormous loophole around these um, transparency laws to allow people to um, give money to to uh, these C4, they're this type of nonprofit, without disclosing who they are. And then those C4s run huge money in elections. We don't know who they are, but we know in many instances that the politician who benefits knows exactly who they are. Um, and in Wisconsin, there was actually a criminal investigation that the biased Wisconsin Supreme Court shut down in um, that criminal investigation, a bipartisan investigation revealed that Scott Walker, who was then the governor of the state, was secretly raising million dollar checks from in-state and out-of-state corporations and CEOs to fund one of these nonprofits to then uh, help him uh, fend off the recall. Wow. And so here you have a guy who would be under limits under Wisconsin law about how much he could raise from a corporation only through a PAC or from an individual and only a limited amount. And the people would have to know who that was because that, you know, uh, that has a substantial impact on how those politicians behave. But because of that loophole and because of the really dastardly decision by the Wisconsin Supreme Court, by judges who refused to recuse, even though they themselves were swept into office by the spending of the groups under criminal investigation, uh, we have a situation where you just had, you know, in my view, abject corruption. And and it's there. This is this is the system under which we are living now, and it's just exploded since in Citizens United, and now we're we're thirteen years later, and I only know that. Because the day the Supreme Court issued its ruling on Citizens United is the same day that Air America Radio went dark. So mm. I, January 21st, 2010. So yeah. I know it. It's just, wow. I remember that day. I remember what happened that day. So it, that was a bad, that was a dark day yeah. in American yeah. history. And things have never recovered. And we, you know, I don't see any effort even, at least on the front lines, to overturn Citizens United. And certainly with this Supreme Court, that's not happening anytime soon. Well, you know, in in Wisconsin, um, you know, one of the things that's happened, like the the legacy of this terrible decision by the John Roberts court to to reinterpret our First Amendment, basically rewrite our First Amendment to protect money as speech, yeah. even over actual human speech, yes. uh, you know, with protesters uh, being assailed and thrown in jail. But money, you know, is is sacred somehow. Um, that decision has uh, come home to roost here in Wisconsin, where um uh, Dan Kelly, the a person who's uh, running one of the people in the in the race, gave an interview this past week or was quoted in the news this past week saying, um, you know, the, the money wasn't going to be raised or spent by him. It was going to be it was going to be raised and spent 20 million dollars and be raised and spent by people um, who have you know issues that they're concerned about outside of him. So he's not like he raised I think $100,000 for this um election between um you know part of January and part of February. Um meanwhile these outside groups have spent you know well over a million dollars backing him. And so now you have a situation in which a candidate doesn't even feel compelled himself apparently to really do much fundraising in public view because these outside groups are going to are going to bankroll the ads to try to sweep him into office. And he's fine with that. He was, in essence, 
um, talking about, you know, talking about that, that that was what was going to happen in the next uh, four weeks in Wisconsin. Wow. Yeah, I guess as long as it benefits them, they're fine with it. Um, well, you it, know, I mean, there, but there there have been efforts, you know, there certainly have been efforts in Congress. There was a, a Democratic vote at least twice on measures to uh, try to repair Citizens United and even the what some call the weak tea of disclosure, just to have the baseline level of disclosure for these 501c4 nonprofit groups that if they're running ads around an election, they would have to reveal who their major donors are, not all their donors, not the little donors, but like who their major donors are so that people can see who's trying to buy these elections, these politicians or these judges. And, you know, as you uh, might expect, uh, the opposition was entirely 100 percent Republican voting in lockstep against any effort to mitigate Citizens United. Um, And in fact, uh, Mitch McConnell, the uh, Republican uh, minority leader um, in the Senate, um, who has also been the majority leader in the Senate, he is one of the guys who attacked that McCain-Feingold law, who um, worked with the ACLU, actually, to uh, try to attack those campaign finance measures to try to protect the integrity of our elections. I think that was a terrible decision um, by the ACLU to join him in those efforts. Um, and it really has been a, a terrible um, result for the American people because we basically have what um, Bob McChesney and John Nichols have called a dollarocracy where these big fat pats are spending so much money, they're having a disproportionate influence. And that means that it's hard to get legislation in Congress or the states that really protects all of us to get it passed because some of these politicians are so beholden to these dark money uh, billionaires uh, like Dick Uline. Wow. Wow. Lisa Graves, you know what? We could spend the whole hour on this, but there are other things I want to talk to you about. So uh, we, we've established that you you lead True North Research True North Research dot org. Um, but earlier in your career, you know, you you were a practicing lawyer. In fact, you worked at the Department of Justice. You worked under both Bill Clinton and George W. Bush under Attorneys General Janet Reno and John Ashcroft as a let me see if I can get this right. Deputy Assistant Attorney General. That's right. In the Office of Legal Policy, Office of Policy Development for the Justice Department. So you got the legal chops here. Now, earlier this week, the week began with Jim Jordan, who now heads the House Judiciary Committee, which blows my mind, and his subcommittee investigating the weaponization of government, allegedly that the Democrats have done to attack Republicans. I mean, they're in, they're so in ap- opposite world, it's astounding. But this hearing was... was offensive. I mean, I'm just going to play one clip. Here, um, Merrick Garland was the lone witness, the Attorney General Merrick Garland, who, by the way, today made a surprise trip to Ukraine. Is there a reason for Merrick Garland to be in Ukraine? what, What do you think about that? Uh, I, I don't know. I've been so busy. I didn't I missed the uh, news about the flight. <laughs> yeah, he, he was the latest. You know, Janet Yellen went just the other day and now it's Merrick Garland. Who who knew? But anyway, um, uh, Ted Cruz. Um, oh, this is actually a Senate hearing. The Senate hearing questioning uh, Merrick Garland. I'm getting all my committees mixed up. There was a Senate hearing. Why was Ted Cruz in this? I thought 
Why was Ted Cruz in that well, committee were, hearing? Well, so there, there, <laughs> there was, there was, uh, there was also there was a hearing with Jim Jordan, which uh, was a travesty. Yeah, um, and there was a there was a hearing where uh, Senator Cruz, Ted Cruz, was questioning Merrick Garland. My reaction, I hope you play the clip because my reaction to just the lie, the just pack of lies told by Ted Cruz was, you know, the famous the famous statement during the McCarthy hearings, which was. Have you no shame, sir? Um, have you no shame, uh, Senator Cruz? I mean, it was it was it was really revolting um, how he treated the attorney general, and especially after his um, uh, sycophantic um, sycophantic behavior toward um, the the Trump attorneys general and the Trump Justice Department, yes. which was, you know, uh, trying to be deployed repeatedly to interfere in political efforts at the express urging of Donald Trump. Right. But here comes Ted Cruz trying to say that Merrick Garland is the worst attorney general in U.S. history. I mean, first of all, there's at least five guys ahead of him, three of which were, you know, in the Trump administration, <laughs> two of which were in the W administration. Um, and <laughs> second of all, you know, Garland has just been, uh, you know, playing it, playing it straight and and acting almost like a judge at the Justice Department in ways that many people have found frustrating in terms of actually moving quickly to prosecute the crimes that we believe there's ample evidence Donald Trump committed. Yes. Um, so I, I, I was confused because I, I have all these clips and I covered it the other day and I know it was a House hearing and I've got clips with all these House nuts and there's Ted Cruz, and I, it didn't occur to me until right now. So he's not in the House. He was at that hearing. Before we get to the clip, though, David has a question for you. Hi, Lisa. How are you doing? David. Hey, um, I just had to ask a question because you mentioned the slimy, slithering piece of garbage Cruz and what he said about Merrick Garland. Did you see Merrick Garland go up to him after the hearing and shake Ted Cruz's hand Did he really? and whisper sweet nothings in Aww. his diseased ear. <laughs> well, you know, there there are different schools of thought about how to deal with someone who attacks you. Um, one of them, I suppose, is the kill them um, with kindness, kill them with kindness, <laughs> or flatter them with kindness. But we don't know what the what was whispered uh, in his ear. And you know, I also think that I also think that. You know, there's just so much theatrics on the part of Cruz. Um, I, I, um, you know, I worked down the hall from him uh, during the W George W. Bush administration, and um, I, I don't know if I've told you this, but in his office there was this um, thing that sparkled in the corner. Um, you know, when the sun hit it, and one day I sidled over it, over to it to look at it. I looked down, and the things that were sparkling were chads. And it was a paperweight that said Bush Cheney, Florida recount team 2000. Oh my God. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> I, I, I just can't. I well, just... <laughs> if, if I was Merrick Garland in that situation and I had talked to Ted Cruz, I would have asked him, how's your ugly wife? <laughs> okay. All right. That's you. And that's a good thing that you're not there because that would be counterproductive. He can be. <laughs> well, the, he thing can... Is, is that the, the, the thing, the thing is, is that they, you know, Cruz has revealed his character in my personal view. This is not my organizational view, but this is a man who was insulted, you know, by Donald Trump. His yeah. wife was insulted by Donald Trump. His father was insulted by Donald Trump. And yet, and yet it appears that Cruz um, will do anything 
anything to get praise from Trump, the bully. Right. Um, I don't understand the psychology of it. You know, I, I, I'm, you know, personally shocked uh, by the way Trump speaks about people all the time, just the way he um, the way he you know, characterizes people, um, you know, women and men and others. And, and also like his, you know, hold over them. I, you know, people have speculated about why does he have some sort of, you know, blackmail kit from his buddies over the national Enquirer or maybe Putin, who knows, but what it, it never fails to astonish me that some of these politicians are so, you know, craven in my personal view, they're so craven that they would kiss up to someone who is so morally repugnant as Trump. That's my personal view. Right. Oh, I agree with you 100 percent. I I just don't understand it. And, you know, DeSantis is like an acolyte. He's he's Trump Jr. and trying to see if he can out bully Trump. But that's that's a different topic. Let's play these Ted Cruz clips, because you're right. The way he spoke to Merrick Garland, I was my jaw. I had to pick up off the ground. So uh, here's here's one clip. Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. And subsequent to that raid, there have been multiple leaks about what was discovered there, including a photograph of documents that were discovered there. Did, did you know about the leaks the from photo, that raid? The photograph was a filing in court in response to a motion filed by Mr. Trump. It was not a leak. So, so you're testifying there haven't been leaks about the, the Trump raid? <laughs> not I'm, I'm responding to the point about. Okay, so that was that clip, and then here's this one. Senator, you asked me whether I sat on my hands, and quite the opposite. I sent 70 United States Marshals. Let me try again. Has the Department of Justice brought even a single case under this statute? It's a yes, no question. It's not a give a speech on the other things you did. The job of the United States Marshals is to defend the lives. So of the, the answer is no. Is to defend the lives of the justices, and that's their number one priority. They have. Why full- are you unwilling to say no? The answer is no. You know it's no. I know it's no. Everyone in this in this hearing room knows it's no. You're not willing to answer a question. Have you brought a case under this statute? Yes or no? As far as I know, we haven't. And what we have done is defended the lives of the justices with so over seventy decide, U.S. Marshals. How do you decide which criminal statutes the the DOJ enforces and which one it doesn't? The United States Marshals know that they have full okay, you, I recognize you want to give a separate speech. No, I don't want to How give a... do you decide which statutes you enforce and which ones you don't? But marshals on scene make that determination in light of the priority of defense. The marshals do not make a determination over whether oh to prosecute God. you. The attorney general make a determination and you spent 20 years as a judge and you're perfectly content with justices being afraid for their children's lives. And you did nothing to prosecute it. Let's shift that, to another is, area. Can I answer the question? You, no, the, you the cannot. General no. refused to answer the I question. I am no. answering your question. The attorney you general choose, does not decide whether to arrest. How did you choose not to, not to enforce this statute? The marshals oh on scene. Marshals don't make that decision. They do make the decision I'd be, of whether I, to make I, it Enough. I, can't, I just can't. I'd be up out of my chair at this point saying, you... Have you no decency, sir? And the thing is, he looks like Joe McCarthy, doesn't he? Ted Cruz, if you look at a picture of Ted Cruz side by side with Joe McCarthy, they look alike, even down to the penis nose. Well, there are uh, temperamental uh, uh, similarities. You know, I I think um, I I think the other part, the other part that is astonishing is um, I wish there, there really should be a word for this because I'd like to call him hysterical. But, you know, I know the origin of that word. It yeah. feels like it should be hysterical, um, <laughs> you know, because he's just he's he's 
lost it. He's um, just trying to use uh, the bully pulpit to scream at the attorney general. And the and the and the ire that he expresses over, um, you know, over this issue in terms of the the court um, and whether there have been actionable cases. It's just extraordinary. This is a man who, speaking of sitting on his hands, really did nothing to hold Trump accountable, to hold, uh, you know, Sessions accountable, uh, Jeff Sessions, when he was attorney general, to deal with the um, the ways in which uh, in which in which Bill Barr utterly distorted the um, the council's report, Bob Mueller's report, um, you know, uh, Cruz's ire, you know, it seems um, put on. Uh, since he doesn't he hasn't expressed ire over other matters which were extremely serious and which go to the heart of the rule of law, including um, the two impeachments of Donald Trump. And so I just don't think, you know, speaking personally, that he has any moral high ground for any of his uh, hyperbole and uh, I'm going to call it hysterical uh, remarks. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. He doesn't. I, I, he's, everything about that man is offensive. You know, and and I try not to point out their hypocrisy because it's so blatant. And I've been told you just enough of the hypocrisy already. We all know they're hypocrites, but on every level, oh my god! So, Lisa, I got to ask you about this. Some going on in Florida. You know, every day it's something else with DeSantis. The latest, and this didn't come from him. This came from. Uh, the, the legislative session, a Florida Republican state senator just introduced a bill that says if you are a blogger in Florida and you write about the governor or anybody in his cabinet or any member of the legislature, you have to register with the state and not only register with the state as somebody who writes about these elected officials, but you also have to say who pays you to do the writing and how much they pay you. Is that, that sounds like fascism to me. I mean, what the hell? What, what is this? Is that legal? I mean, to me, to me, just on the surface of it, I've been looking for a copy of the bill. I saw the news report about it. I mean, it seems blatantly unconstitutional, but really it should be called uh, you know, the, the fascist operational bill, because, because the idea that in, in America, in this uh, country, you would have any politician, any politician of any party, think it's appropriate to require journalists uh, to register uh, uh, who might uh, write about or criticize a politician. Um, this person needs a remedial course in the First Amendment, which expressly protects the freedom of the press. This is inherently contrary to our some of our finest traditions in America. And it's in service of, you know, politicians who are, you know, uh, certainly earning uh, a lot of the criticism that they're receiving from bloggers or the press about the way that they're trashing our Constitution and our rights and the way that they're using um, sort of right wing, um, you know, talking points and right wing lies to change public policy in ways that are are hurting the American people, hurting kids, hurting families and using the law in a way that's vindictive to punish corporations like Disney or to, to threaten right. corporations like the cruise industry. This the, these politicians are out of control They're, In my personal view, they are out of touch. 
They're out of control. They're acting utterly contemptuously for our constitution and our traditions. And I hope the American people, this is my personal hope. My, my hope is that the American people in seeing such extremism, such extraordinary um, fascism will throw the bums who advocate such fascism right out of office. That's my personal view. You and me both. And, and, and Lisa makes the distinction between her personal view and organizational because you're also as the, the head of True North Research and you're not speaking for them when you give your personal view. And I want to make that clear because there are legalities and you care about following the law. You're allowed to have your personal view, but when you speak for the organization, it's a different voice. Yep. The but this is astounding. So they want you to register in Florida. If you work, do work like I do. I'm critical of the governor. So they want my information and they want to know who pays me. I guess that would mean everybody who donates to my show, because that's who pays me to do this work. So this is huge ramifications. I mean, but it's the same governor and the same Republican legislature who is now pushing a bill through that says you want a gun? You no longer have to register your gun or or have a license to carry one. Anybody. And, and, and DeSantis calls it constitutional carry. Talk about opposite world. It has nothing to do with the Constitution. That's not what the Constitution says. But that's what he calls it. He wants to have permitless, no registration necessary. Anybody who wants a gun can just buy one. But if you want to write about him, then you've got to register and tell us who you are. I mean, it is the, the way they've tried to blot out the First Amendment and supersize the Second Amendment, ignoring actual words in the Second Amendment like a well-regulated militia is genuinely astonishing. And the fact is, John Oliver actually did a, a terrific program a, a few years back on his Last Week Tonight show in which he examined whether the Florida rules for um, for carrying, you know, concealed carry um, the permitting rules and the training, you know, amounted to anything because of this effort by ALEC, the American Legislative Exchange Council and others to um, basically allow if you get a permit in one state, then it would be allowed in another, another state, even if you wouldn't satisfy the requirements. Anyway, it's worth rewatching John Oliver's show because it was really revealing of um, you know, how how weak the regime was. But now you have politicians who want to make it even weaker by eliminating it entirely. And that's in a state that is really suffering from, you know, a massive uh, has 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 had, you know, massive loss of life, including, um, you know, the, the 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 killings, the mass murder at the high school there on the uh, on the east coast of Florida at the Marjorie Stoneman high school. Ten minutes and from no, where no, I'm no, sitting. Yeah, no, no response to actually dealing with the real threats that Americans are facing, um, you know, based on the proliferation of these weapons and the, the, the power of this right wing lobbyist, Marion Hammer down there in Florida for the NRA, yeah. who's just pushed, you know, terrible policy after terrible policy and pushed and peddled fear. Um, you, you know, there's just no effort there. And then you have a thing happening in Texas where the, where apparently the Republican Party is trying to censure a fellow Republican for daring to speak the truth about the guns in Uvalde, yes. where, where elementary school kids were massacred. And so, you know, you can't talk. You currently can't talk about the guns. You can't, you know, talk about the politicians about registering. But it's a free for all for the gun industry, for the for the weapons industry to sell as many weapons that are designed specifically to kill people as many people as possible as fast as possible there's no limits on that apparently it's astounding just astounding and you know what lisa lisa graves since you mentioned john stewart he did it again so there's a clip 
um, I guess it was from this week's show, The Problem with Jon Stewart on Apple Plus TV. He spoke to some state, I don't know if it was a representative or a senator, but a state official from Oklahoma. And I'm going to play this two-minute clip. So I'm warning Progressive Voices listeners, we're going to end before the clip ends. So if you want, come over to NicoleSandler.com slash listen dash live and uh, hear the rest of this or just pick up the podcast later. Um, but but I got to play this clip for you because it's exactly what you're talking about. And John Stewart does a pretty masterful job here. Oh, you mentioned John Oliver, but this is John Stewart. Here. Registering okay. is an yep. infringement. Same yes. thing. <laughs> okay. Is voting a right? It's a right for citizens, yes. We started when he, the first thing he said was registering is an infringement. And he was talking about registering a gun. Registering is an infringement. Yes. Okay. Is voting a right? It's a right for citizens, yes. Do you have to do anything to do it? Yes. What do you have to do? It depends on the state. What do you have to do? Sometimes you have to you have to be at least 18 years old. What do you have to do? And in some places you have to Uh have a government issued ID. What do you have to, you have to? You have to be on the voter rolls? Register. <laughs> you have to register. Register. So you have to register to a right. Is that an infringement? Does the right to voting say shall not be infringed? Oh, so this is just a semantic <laughs> argument now. No, it's not. You believe voting rights can be infringed because it doesn't say specifically is it shall an, not be infringed. Is it an infringement upon a 17-year-old's right to vote since they don't have that right to vote? No. Oh, it's we, not infringement on them? No, okay. ab- absolutely not. Why not? You're the because you're the one making the argument, not me. I'm saying even rights have responsibilities, and that within those responsibilities, responsibilities, are responsibilities yes. and order. Otherwise, it's chaotic. I'll go you one further. You want to ban drag show readings to children? To my house, yes. Why? Why, why? What are you protecting? Why can we prohibit children from voting, those under 18 from voting? Why are you banning, that? Is, is that free speech? Are you infringing on that performer's free speech? They can continue to exercise their free speech, just not in front of a child. Why? Because the government does have a responsibility to protect. I'm sorry? The government does have a responsibility uh-huh. in certain instances to What's protect the children. leading cause of death amongst children in this country? And I'm going to give you a hint. It's not drag show readings to children. <laughs> Correct, yes. So what is it? I'm presuming you're going to say it's firearms. No, I'm not going to say it like it's an opinion. That's what it is. It's firearms. More than cancer, more than car accidents. And what you're telling me is you don't mind infringing free speech to protect children from this amorphous thing that you think of. But when it comes to children that have died, you don't give a flying fuck to stop that because that shall not be infringed. That is hypocrisy at its highest order. There you go. I mean, how brilliant was that? Uh, he, 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 and yeah. this guy from Oklahoma, duh. Yeah. 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 And hypocrisy is like, it's hypocrisy, it's immorality, it's, it's vile. It's vile. That's the word. It is vile. Um, yeah. So, oh, and uh, we've detected copyrighted audio and video in your stream. Shut up. <laughs> I'm doing. I'm I'm doing a public service here. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's fair use, uh, Nicole. So we'll see how they how they uh, take that. But, if I need uh, a lawyer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lisa Graves, we could. Go, I wanted to ask you about the Supreme Court cases this week. Um, this uh, the Supreme Court is frightening, and so what's at stake here this week? They want to. Can you explain what the, what these cases uh, were? Well, this is this is um, th- you know this is the next um, sort of turning of the page from last year's 
outrageous activist extremist decisions to overturn Roe versus Wade and to attack the power of the EPA to regulate carbon under the completely invented uh, so-called doctrine of major questions, meaning if uh, if the, these this right-wing fact on the court thinks something is a, quote, major question, then the executive branch is not supposed to do anything about it. Only Congress can, and the real politics, sort of with a K, politicians in robes on the Supreme Court know that Congress has been captured by the far right and that it will not, you know, allow uh, measures that people, most Americans support to be passed. Mitch McConnell will not allow many measures that American the American people support to be passed. And so this court is trying to, uh, it seems as though it's trying to use this totally invented you know, hocus pocus phrase that was concocted in part by billionaire Charles Koch and his uh, his lawyers and policy um, operatives to uh, give this faction of the Supreme Court um, some sort of um, claim that it has the power to strike down measures like the the power of the executive branch to cancel these student loans. Um, it's quite clear in my view. This is my Again, my personal view, I'm not practicing law here on the air with you, that there's ample authority for the agencies um, involved to cancel that debt. And there's a compelling public interest for doing so. That that money, you know, takes is taking money right out of the hands of people who are, you know, working hard and taking it into big banks who have a massive guarantee of those loans that they're gonna get paid no matter what happens right. in these people's lives. And um, that that debt that is just weighing down uh, a couple of generations of Americans can be canceled. It can be canceled um, by executive branch action. But this um, extremist, radical, radically reactionary Supreme Court um, sounds like from the oral argument that you know those right wingers are trying to use this completely hocus pocus invented claim of of quote major questions to thwart the ability of president biden and the biden administration to provide some relief to millions and millions of americans and then the other component of that is the absolutely ridiculous and immoral claim that you can't give a benefit to someone in the future that someone in the past didn't get. It's like <laughs> saying, uh, you know, there are people who, who didn't get the polio vaccine, so new people can't get it because other people didn't get it before. You and I you can't know, vote because women didn't have the right to vote at the beginning. It's just, it's just one of the dumbest. Vote. Yeah, it's just one of the dumbest, most selfish selfish arguments I've ever heard articulated as a legal legal claim. And any court that had any integrity, any devotion to following the law and following precedent and following the rules of deference versus interjecting its own per personal political partisan views in the law would kick that case right out of court. Right. But we'll see what this court does, because I think it's been corrupted. I think it's illegitimate. I think that it's been constituted in an illegitimate way, and it's using the Ill illegitimate power it has to crush the rights and opportunities of the American people. And yet, if I understood it correctly, and I'm, I don't even pretend to understand the intricacies of the law, but it seems to me like if it doesn't go, if it doesn't pass, if, it, if they don't argue, if they don't find in favor of that Biden can't cancel student debt, it'll be because of standing, which means that the, they're saying that the, the parties who brought the suit didn't have the, the standing to do so, that it wasn't their fight. Uh, I guess I'm paraphrasing, but th it seems like that's the only way this is not going to go through. 
Am I wrong? Well, I mean, that, 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 I think you did a good job of describing that. The fact is that these people shouldn't have standing at all. But you don't get to go to court and complain that someone else got a benefit that you couldn't get because no. you weren't eligible for it at the time. Right. That's not how the law works. That's not how the world works. That's not how our policies have ever actually worked in America. And so any other court wouldn't have even taken this case because on the surface. Because they didn't have standing. Court, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right. Uh, on the surface, it doesn't look like they even should be in court. So there's hope that this court might decide that this is a bridge too far, that perhaps it's faced too much political heat uh, based on its intervention and destruction of nearly 50 years of precedent about women's reproductive rights and the political consequences of that for their buddies in the Republican Party in the 2022 election. So maybe they won't intervene in this in this in this instance, but they mm -hmm. they certainly were eager to take a case that again any court that actually was truly independent would would not have wasted its time on hearing because it's so manifestly out of alignment with longstanding legal principles, both on the substance, in my view, and on the procedural issue of standing, meaning the ability to stand in court and argue a, an injury. Yeah. <laughs> what she said. It's it's astounding. I just I I watch what's going on in utter shock every day. And and you know, people say, but you're so angry. Well, look what's going on around us. Um that's why I'm trying to find other diversions. I'm working on a music project that I'll that that you're gonna like too. Women who rock. Well, yeah. It's called Righteous women anger who... is necessary. To I, help I know, the world. But, uh, but but I also need to balance it. You need to yes. balance it, right? <laughs> so. I love your art, Nicole, and I'm oh. excited about your music project. Thank you so much, Lisa Graves. Find her on the Twitters. You're still on Twitter at the Lisa Graves. Are you on Mastodon too? Uh, I'm migrating over there. I haven't fully managed to get everything set up there, but I'm I've got an account started. It's complicated. I'm still working on it. I, I, yeah. It's still on Twitter, yeah. but and truenorthresearch.org. Do check them out because they're doing amazing work, as Lisa has always done. Thank you so much. It's, it's always such a pleasure and an honor to have you here. Love it when oh, you come thanks, on the Nicole. show. Thanks, thanks, thanks for inviting me on. I really appreciate it. Hello to David and hello to your audience. It's nice to be on your show. Thank it's you. Great to have you here. Have a good night. Stay warm in Wisconsin. I don't know how you do yeah. it. All right. Bye. <laughs> thanks, Lisa. Bye. Bye. All right, Lisa Graves, everybody. Yes, and we love her for all all the right reasons. Um, Monday. Let me tell you what's going to happen here Monday. And I'm almost glad that the guest I had scheduled I had to reschedule. So. I have a, a, a interview that I recorded yesterday with a teacher. He's actually a teacher from, uh, I believe, the Seattle area, who's on a leave from his teaching job advocating for students' rights, advocating for our system of education to actually teach the truth, to teach American history and world history as it happened without worrying that you're going to offend or make some little white snowflake feel bad because that's bullshit. I went through school. I was never made to feel bad personally that there was slavery. I didn't, I knew I didn't have anything to do with it. I knew it wasn't my fault. It didn't make me feel bad. It did make me feel badly about what my country did. And, and, happy that we had a president like Lincoln who who helped usher in the end of it right so there and, and I'm down here in Florida I'm watching this huge attack on education 
on history, on the truth by this fascist governor who calls Florida free. No, it is the fascist state of Florida. What's happening here is frightening, frightening fascism. Not that there's another form, but he is working with, get ready for this, the Zinn Educational Project, as in Howard Zinn. If you're not familiar, Howard Zinn was an amazing man, and he wrote a number of books, but among them, A People's History of the United States, which is unapologetic and tells the story of this country from a viewpoint of the truth. Go figure. And it's brilliant. And so they have come up with a curriculum, and there are schools all around the country taking advantage of this curriculum and all the different lessons they lay out for you. ZinEdProject.org is the website. Tool around in there over the weekend. You will love it. You will want your schools to teach it. And just this guy, um, I'm trying to remember what his, Jesse Hugopian was his name. We taped this interview yesterday. I thought it was going to be like 20 minutes. We spent almost an hour. And I had to cut it off because we were getting close to the end of the hour. I'm going to air that on Monday. You got to hear it because what's happening to our schools is an affront to the truth. Um, So important stuff coming up. And yes, music on the side. Um, And more details on that coming as we, as we get closer into it. Oh, I see David N is in the chat room today. David, you're going to, you're going to like this too. All right. Um, With that, we're done. It's the weekend. I'm going to unplug and unwind. Um, Yeah. Uh, Sorry about the rough beginning, but do if you, you know, get your stuff, your prescriptions out of Walgreens. I am. And check out costplusdrugs.com and check out some of the other discount pharmacies because there are others out there. So you can go around the, the, the crooks and the, and the, and the bigots like Walgreens, who are discriminating against women's health needs because they're being pressured into it by politicians. To They've said, if you missed the story, Walgreens today said they will not fill prescriptions for the abortion pill, even in states where it's legal. And with that, I say, fuck you, Walgreens. I'm not, I'm not patronizing your stores anymore, even though my shitty insurance says the only pharmacy I can use is Walgreens. I will find a workaround because fuck that shit. That's 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 the scientific way of saying it. All right. Um uh uh uh, uh. um Sydney, no, I can't. My doctor wouldn't give me a prescription. She said because you don't need one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, it's the weekend. I'm unplugging. I will leave you with the news, and I'm going to go listen to some music of women who rock. All right, uh, more on that next week, I promise. Okay, with that, um, I'll see you Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Here's the news. Bye. 
It's time for Nicole Sandler's What's News from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. Well, that was fast. Jurors returned guilty verdicts on all four charges in the murder trial of Alex Murdoch less than three hours after closing arguments ended. Prosecutors had argued that Murdoch murdered his wife and son to hide his theft of millions of dollars from clients. Though I'm still not sure why this case merited wall-to-wall coverage on cable news, the trial officially adjourned Friday morning after Murdoch was sentenced to consecutive life sentences. One juror saying they were all on the same page after just 45 minutes of deliberation. Moving on. More troubles for the former guy. The Justice Department on Thursday saying that he can be sued by Democratic lawmakers and by Capitol Police officers who were injured in the January 6th attack on the Capitol. This assertion came in response to a case testing Trump's potential legal liability for the insurrection, all due to a speech he gave at a rally before the riot. The DOJ saying in papers, no part of a president's official responsibilities includes the incitement of imminent private violence. True. The Justice Department didn't take a position on the lawsuit's allegation that Trump did incite the attack. Rolling Stone magazine out with a new report about Jim Jordan's House Judiciary Subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government and its subsequent failure to uncover, well, anything, really. Jordan opened the first hearing vowing that he'd heard from, quote, dozens and dozens of whistleblowers about the political nature at the Justice Department. But so far, Republicans have brought only three of those whistleblowers to Capitol Hill for questioning. Unimpressive was one description, while another Democrat on the subcommittee called it a, quote, dumpster fire. The three witnesses so far reportedly offered contradictory responses, maintained fringe and violent online presences that undermine their credibility, and most importantly, failed to demonstrate any firsthand knowledge of alleged FBI wrongdoing. The most recent interviews by this subcommittee were held in mid-February, and there's nothing on its schedule as of now. The House Ethics Committee, though, on Thursday announced it would proceed with an investigation into George Santos, the congressman from New York who faces calls to resign for lying about his background to get elected. The committee said Santos might have failed to properly disclose required information on statements filed with the House, violated federal conflict of interest laws in connection with his role in a firm providing fiduciary services and or engaged in sexual misconduct toward an individual seeking employment in his congressional office. Wow. Santos has said he is, quote, not concerned about an ethics inquiry. Disturbing news out of Michigan, where the state's attorney general, Dana Nessel, said that she'd been targeted by a, quote, heavily armed individual who the FBI arrested in February for allegedly threatening to kill Jewish members of Michigan state government. Just a sign of the times, I guess. Well, controversy in D.C., despite previously expressing opposition and reiterating his support for D.C. statehood, President Joe Biden on Thursday tweeted that he will sign a Republican-led resolution that would block Washington, D.C.'s major revision of its criminal sentencing laws if it passes the Senate. D.C.'s revised criminal code of 2022 drastically changes how criminal acts are defined and sentenced in the district, including for some violent crimes like carjacking. Biden's decision not to intervene has disappointed progressives in Congress, but delighted some so-called moderate Democrats 
like Joe Manchin, who said he began clapping with joy at the news. Seriously. And I picked up this incredible tidbit yesterday. Senator Joe Manchin reportedly telling those who ask that he has not yet ruled out his own bid for the presidency in 2024. Just let that sit here for a moment. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov met Thursday on the sidelines of a G20 summit in India. It was their first face-to-face contact since Russia invaded Ukraine just over a year ago. Russian news agencies said the two diplomats talked on the move for less than 10 minutes. Blinken said afterwards that he urged Moscow to end the war and reverse its suspension of the New START nuclear non-proliferation agreement. Blinken said he told Lavrov, quote, that no matter what else is happening in the world or in our relationship, the U.S. will always be ready to engage and act on strategic arms control, just as the United States and the Soviet Union did even at the height of the Cold War. One more reason not to visit Tennessee, their governor, Bill Lee, on Thursday signed into law two bills targeting the LGBTQ community. One of them makes Tennessee the first state to explicitly target drag shows, banning them in public or where they can be seen by children. The other law bans gender-affirming health care for transgender children. Lee signed both measures without any public comment. The ACLU plans to sue over the health law, which bans medications such as puberty blockers and hormone treatments for Tennessee children who identify as transgender and non-binary. Surgeries, which were already rare in the state, are also banned. The ACLU saying the legislation discriminates against transgender youth. You think? From our Florida fascist files, a Republican state senator actually introduced a bill that, if passed, would require bloggers who write about Governor Ron DeSantis, his cabinet, or state legislators to register with the state. Seriously. Senator Jason Broder's bill, titled Information Dissemination, would also require bloggers to disclose who's paying them for their posts about certain elected officials and how much. Wow. Failure to register would result in a fine of $25 a day, and the penalty would be capped at $2,500 per posting. It also says, by the way, the bill defines as a blog, a website or webpage that hosts any blogger and is frequently updated with opinion, commentary, or business content. But it says the term does not include the website of a newspaper or other similar publication. So just to reiterate, they want bloggers who write about the governor to have to register. But if you want to carry a gun, no need to register that. And you wonder why I call Florida fascist? There you go. And finally, sad news today. Pentagon Papers whistleblower Daniel Ellsberg posted a statement online that reads, Dear friends and supporters, I have difficult news to impart. On February 17th, without much warning, I was diagnosed with inoperable pancreatic cancer on the basis of a CT scan and an MRI. As is usual with pancreatic cancer, which has no early symptoms, it was found while looking for something else relatively minor. I'm sorry to report to you that my doctors have given me three to six months to live. Of course, they emphasize that everyone's case is individual. It might be more or less. Ellsberg continued, I've chosen not to do chemotherapy, 
which offers no promise, and I have assurance of great hospice care when needed. Please know, right now, I'm not in any physical pain, and in fact, after my hip replacement surgery in late 2021, I feel better physically than I have in years. Moreover, my cardiologist has given me license to abandon my salt-free diet of the last six years. This has improved my quality of life dramatically, the pleasure of eating my former favorite foods, and my energy level is high. Daniel Ellsberg, choosing quality of life, as should we all. And that's just a bit of what's news for now. I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports on The Nicole Sandler Show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is listener-supported, and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at NicoleSandler.com, and please click on that donate button.